This is Stacy Eldridge. Welcome to Captivated. This world vies for our attention in a thousand different ways. But the most important thing, the preeminent thing, the essential thing is to give our attention to Jesus. Hi, friends, and happy October. Time is moving fast, isn't it? Yesterday, my flowers were blooming, and today there is frost on the ground. Ah, well, as much as I love summer, I can't hold on to it. I have to open my hands and release the past beauty so that I can receive the gifts that God is giving me in this season. It's a practice that we all grow in. I personally hate goodbyes. I hate endings of every kind, to seasons, to visits, to gatherings, to times long planned for, and especially to people, especially to people. But God. Now, those are two strong words, aren't they? Some of the best in the universe. But God. We never say goodbye to him. And we can know that he is in the future, in our future. And because of that, we can know that just around the bend are gifts we cannot yet see. Still, how I long for the grand hello when there will be no more tears and no more goodbyes. For today, though, it's farewell summer. Autumn holds a beauty all its own. And for some of you listening, it's your favorite season. Pumpkin bread and fragrant spices brisk mornings and colorful leaves, longings being evoked in your hearts for memories of goodness. Well, bless you, friends. Bless you all. So, turning a corner, what I want to talk about with you today is something very important, something very practical, something quite tangible and good. You know how those wonderful those times are when when you encounter God in a specific and holy way, like in a church service and the pastor says something that penetrates your soul, or in worship and you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit and your tears come unbidden, or how about when you are able to get away and have time alone, or go to a retreat, maybe a captivating retreat, and spend uninterrupted time with Jesus, letting the rest of the weight of your life go, and simply seeking Him, seeking Him and finding Him, or encountering Jesus through worship in the secret place as we settle into His presence that dwells within us in our private times alone with Him. Oh, you know how sweet, how delicious, how wonderful those moments are, the supernatural moments. I love them. We need them. They fuel us. Encountering God strengthens us as he reveals himself more to us of who he really is. They are the extraordinary moments. (laughs) We thank God for them. But what I want to talk to you about today are the ordinary moments and creating the space for, developing the awareness of, to pay attention to, awaken to, the Holy Spirit's presence to elevate the ordinary because that's where God is. He's in the ordinary ins and outs of our days. In Psalm 27, 4, David says, One thing I have asked from the Lord, and that I shall seek, 
that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. Friends, you know that now we are the temple of the Lord. Christ dwells within us. He can invade our dailies, invade our folding of the laundry, our work, our running errands, our our paying bills, invade all of what makes the ins and outs of our days. And oh, how we want him to. We need him to, so elevate our ordinary, God. To help unpack this vital topic, I have with me in the podcast studio today the wonderful Jamie Gowdy. If you've been journeying with Wild at Heart, you know that Jamie's been a part of the Wild at Heart podcast. She shared her wisdom. She's an integral part of our captivating women's team, and she shares at our retreats. She's also one of the five women in the Captivating Experience, the six-part series that's available on our website that delves into the messages of the book, Captivating. And Jamie is on staff here with me in a key role, both as John and my assistant. So Jamie... Thank you for being here. Hi, Stace. I'm so excited. <laughs> Hi Me too. Hi to all the ladies near and far. Yeah. It's an honor. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so back a few months ago when Stacey Burton and I, the producer, were dreaming about and praying over what topics we should cover that would be pertinent mm-hmm. for our friends, our listeners, um, we thought about this one, Elevating the Ordinary, and we went, who would be a good guest to have? For that, and both of us went, Jamie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. Okay. So, Jamie, I'm going to ask you, what does it mean to you to elevate the ordinary? And can you unpack that a little bit in your own life? In my own life, um, yeah. So, I think maybe just by way of background, I am a mom of a 13-year-old and a nine-year-old. And um, I, though I do work here, I'm also in mom mode yes. and wife mode yes. most, you know, for the rest of my day and night, um, sometimes late at night. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of beautiful, beautiful moments and experiences of motherhood. And a lot of it is not so beautiful. Right. And... Um, you know, amazing. It's very ordinary. I do a lot of laundry and the kids and my husband seem to want to eat dinner like every day. It's crazy. Really, it's asking so much. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a lot. And the mom taxiing. Right. Um, Oh, you're in that. You're in that season. We're in that season. So I spend a lot of time in the car, um, either alone or with my kids, picking up, dropping off. So that can get a little mundane. It can get a little... um, Well, mundane is a really good word. Yeah. um, And just, you know, almost like you're on autopilot and going and going and going and trying to find rest, of course, Uh and and beauty. But um, a lot of my life is not glamorous. (laughs) Thank you. Now I can relate a lot better. (laughs) So... um, yeah, elevating the ordinary. I think um I think to go through a whole day of all the motions of work and motherhood and being a wife um 
I could go an entire day without even thinking about beauty, without thinking about the presence of God in the ordinary. Yes. And that day would be lost. Mm. And I would get tired and possibly resentful of the many roles that I fill. And so for me to have a mindset of looking for beauty and looking for the extraordinary in, in places that I could I could not notice it is really important. Um, so I love to reflect on that at some portion of each day about beauty that I've seen or the way that I've encountered God in a silly way or an important way or a soft way um, in my day. I don't know that that happens every day, but we we journey. <laughs> I, I really love that you um, you frame that by saying when you don't, that the day is lost. Yeah. So what are some examples, or mm. maybe one or two, mm -hmm. of how, okay, you've got a really, really busy day. Yeah. You've got school and carpool and mm -hmm. maybe soccer. Is that happening? A lot of after-school activities. A lot of after-school. Yes. Um, how? What's what's one way that you have encountered beauty? Yeah. Um, a real, uh, two simple things come to mind. One, I enjoy and need to wake up before everyone else mm -hmm. in the family. Um, one, so that I, I have some time and space in quiet to myself um, in order to start prepping for the day. Yes. And so I often see the sunrise uh. as I'm packing lunches or getting ready to make breakfast or um, letting the dog out even. Um, sometimes it's prior to sunrise and there's still stars out. Wow. And just to notice that. Uh -huh. um, I love that. And I love the quiet of that time for me. Yes. Um, it's, it's, I cherish it. Um, mm. And I do it on purpose rather than waking up just when I need to get everyone up and going. And then, as you know, we live in a stunning place in the United States. Yes. And I don't think Pikes Peak is ever lost on me. That's amazing, really, because I think that I I can go days you, without noticing it anymore. You can get so used to it. Yeah. But um, just on our drive to school, chat or schools, <laughs> <laughs> chatting with the kids, like you turn the corner in our neighborhood and poo, there's Pikes Peak. And Aww. I love pointing that out to my kids, like. Oh, look at the clouds settling at the bottom there. There's snow at the top already. Yikes. Um, and, and it's often met with blue skies, mm. um, no matter the temperature. Yeah. And so on most days, I try to notice that just because it's there. Yeah. I can miss it. Yeah. Um, often when I do miss it, one of my kids will chime in, Mom, look at the mountains today, Aww. which is really sweet. That is so good. In talking with you, Jamie, today and in the past, one of your keywords is notice. Mm -hmm. So um, to me, elevating our ordinary, it involves having the heart see it, mm -hmm. having the potential of the presence of God in the everyday moments kind of invade our perspective and what we see. Again, to notice, yeah. to recognize the eternal in the ordinary. Right. You were telling me um, about this summer, mm -hmm. having some times outside with the family. Can, mm -hmm. you, can you tell us about that? Yeah. Our 
family's prescription for this summer ended up just enjoying a simple Mm. summer. Mm. We had talked uh, on many occasions about various potential trips that we could take and none of that just there was like no energy behind that yeah. it it felt hard to plan a trip mm. or to decide things um which led us to not and we spent a lot of time outside as a family playing games in the yard or for me um gardening and composting and having lots of friends over, just being the family in the neighborhood who would say, hey, yeah, what are you guys up to today? Send your kids over to jump on the trampoline. Wow. Um, and that's what we needed. I don't think that's where we started in the summer thinking that, uh-huh. that that's how it would go. But it yeah. was simple, which also meant very relaxing and very easygoing. And our schedules were just um, slow and had room for spontaneity if we wanted and lots of room for rest and play. That sounds really good. It was really good. I want to be your neighbor. <laughs> I don't want to jump on the Come trampoline, jump. but <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> um, I want to come back to hearing about your gardening because mm-hmm. isn't there just something really good about getting your hands dirty? Oh, yeah, dirt under the fingernails. Yeah, there's even there's even scientific research that shows that you, what you get from the it's nutrients good by for you. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So what I love about this is um, this is pretty ordinary. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually, the way you just described your life right now isn't very ordinary. It's extraordinary. Mm-hmm. But I know that it's taken intention. On you and Tyler, your husband's part, Mm -hmm. to create a space for that for your family. But what I hear you also describing is finding Jesus in the ordinary, because that's where he is. Mm -hmm. He he loves to labor. Mm -hmm. And when we labor in love, we're partnering with him to bring his kingdom. Right. Right. Yeah. I... I the temptation, I think, is to like want to live in retreat mode, yeah, where you're just hearing from God and being poured into constantly. From oh, and, other... and is this a bad thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it, that is extraordinary, but that's not what we experience every day it's of our not. lives. It's just not. And if you if you spend your time just chasing those mm. moments, yes, you're gonna miss out on where He is in your own life and. The mundane. Okay. That's like a mic drop kind of a moment. (laughs) (laughs) But if you live only for those, or if you chase only Mm -hmm. after those kinds of experiences, Mm -hmm. I'm paraphrasing, but let me see if I heard you correctly, then you're going to miss him Mm -hmm. where he dwells in the ins and outs of your life. Yes, exactly. Exactly. This is really important to know that Christ who dwells within us is available every moment of our lives to to be with us, to live our life with us, to do carpool with us, to mm-hmm. do the laundry with us, to pay the bill, to do the thankless hidden things with us and, and to deepen our relationship with him in the midst yep. when you have the eyes to notice. Right. The phrase really stands out to me that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I think I spent a lot of my life... Um, 
with the impression that that meant I could see something as beautiful that someone else doesn't. Uh huh. But recently, that that phrase has meant something different, and it's that it's in beauty is in the eye of those who are seeing it, and to oh. have your eyes open to seeing what's around you and and what is beautiful that is beauty yes like and and then you're experiencing it um that is does that make sense oh it it makes so much (laughs) sense and i'm thinking about my husband because he is really good at this and has trained me to see yeah um we'll be on a walk and he will notice the tiniest little wildflower that i i might have stepped on it you know just i didn't see it and he'll stop and notice it and point it out or or in the winter, getting into his car and the frost, the way it right, like yeah, fractals of pattern, yes, 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 and notice it and give thanks for it. Yes, I can totally relate to that because I feel like it's my husband too that has taught me through his passionate sense of gratitude. Oh yes, he is the most grateful person I've ever met. Wow, and has trained our family, whether he knows it or not, to become that as well. Um, he he never experiences something without saying, oh, I'm so grateful for whatever it is. And so in our family over the years, if you sat down with us for dinner, almost every single dinner would start, the conversation would start with, what are you grateful for today? Um which is beautiful. It's, and it's it a way is. to engage in the kids' days that, you know, especially when they're at school and we haven't seen them all day. Oh. Um, it's a way to kind of pull out details from from their experience of their day. Mm. But you also, if you know that someone's going to ask you that question, oh, yes. it's kind of like studying for a test. <laughs> and so you start noticing throughout your day different things that you've been grateful for. And, oh, I'll say that at dinner time. Wow. Which, again, brings you back to that experience of the thing that you are, your eyes are open to mm-hmm. in that present moment of that day. What a great practice to cultivate yeah, gratitude. Yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful for my husband for that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what would he say if, say, mm-hmm. you had a special day mm-hmm. and he came home, and I know you do this occasionally, and you had a freshly baked loaf of bread? Oh, he would walk in the door and say, oh, it smells amazing in here. <laughs> I know you would say something else. Um. Well, a new phrase that he <laughs> just a couple weeks ago, he was eating blueberries in the um, in the kitchen, just snacking on them. And they, you know how sometimes you get blueberries from the store and it's like, meh. Mm. And sometimes they're amazing. Yes. Well, I guess these were amazing. And he's he's munching on blueberries and he, he what did he say? He said, I am gratitude for blueberries. <laughs> Which has now become a new family phrase of, I am gratitude for green grass. I am gratitude for bread. What a, what a way to embody gratitude. Yeah, yeah. I am I gratitude. I am gratitude for, yes. Oh, that's good. Okay, I want to go back to um, Elevating the Ordinary. Mm-hmm. A book came out in 1984, wow. which I read in 1984 by Edith Schaefer, Francis Schaefer's wife. 
and it's called The Hidden Art of Homemaking. Mm. Don't you love that title? I do. There's so much I love about it. For one thing, it is hidden. It is hidden. Nobody is waving a banner over, um, woohoo, you not only did the laundry, you folded it. And the hardest part, you put it away. Because like, otherwise, it wasn't going to get put away. I know, but no way it was going to get put away. So the hidden, but also the word art, mm-hmm. the hidden art of homemaking. And it elevates what we consider to be mundane or is often thankless. Mm-hmm. Now, we know that God sees. He sees. So this book is it's filled with all kinds of wisdom. But one of the things that struck me and has stayed with me over the years is she encourages um, the simple beautification, particularly of the table where people gather for a meal, mm. like um, putting wildflowers in a little vase on the table, or if those aren't available, getting branches and putting those on the table, mm. or a bowl of pine cones mm-hmm. or berries, whatever it happens to be available. She's not talking about you know, a $50 <laughs> floral arrangement. Mm-hmm. But that it matters yeah. or folding the napkins in a unique way mm-hmm. for the table. To me, it just, um, it, it elevated the simple mm-hmm. and to recognize that, oh, oh, actually our eyes are made to, as you said, behold beauty and mm-hmm. it nourishes the soul. Mm-hmm. And I think about how Jesus is beauty himself. And so. He inhabits all beauty. Right. And when we bring it in, we offer it to those that come into our home. We offer it to our families. And if we live by ourselves, it is just as important Mm -hmm. to nourish our own soul. So I really, I really like that. Um, Something that you said, Jamie, and turning the corner a little bit is to recognize that in the ins and outs of our lives, there's a sacredness to it. Um, it's not just reserved for those deep encounters with God right. or those mountaintop experiences. Right. I mean, sacred means set apart. Right. And it means special. And um, just the fact that we are inhabited by the King of Heaven. Mm-hmm. We are holy and set apart, and that where we go, we bring the kingdom of God. There is a sacredness to our act and how we are countenance when we look at people or um, all kinds of things. So more of a question for you. Is there a way that is specific and meaningful to you of bringing and offering beauty mm. Yeah. Well, going back to the the book that you mentioned and the, your description of it, um, when I'm picturing that home that is has the you know hints of intentional beauty, uh, yeah. I suddenly am picturing a home out of a magazine. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's very clean and uncluttered and beautiful and that anyone could walk in at any time and take pictures and that person would be proud to have those pictures displayed. I know. Aren't we supposed to live like that? Isn't it supposed to look like that? I will admit that my house is not at that state. (laughs) Mine Um, neither. (laughs) Our dining table right now, 
I'm just picturing it this morning, has a half-finished puzzle with all the pieces spread out, a pile of papers I need to get to in the next couple days, some post-it notes with lists, probably my son's breakfast dishes that he didn't put away, and a bunch of crumbs. Like, Thank it, you. Let's <laughs> just however, be real. Nobody lives in a magazine. However... Um, I, because of my love of gardening and I'm, I'm not a like super proficient gardener. I, I learn a little bit along the way. Um, I started growing flowers. Oh. I really thought that I would garden like homestead style, uh-huh. like let's feed my family for the summer and into the fall. And, um, and I do grow some herbs and, and vegetables, but I started growing a few flowers a few years ago and found that I love that. And so then the next year, like part of my raised bed garden was dedicated to flowers. And you grow them from seed too, don't sometimes, you? Sometimes. Okay. Sometimes. Yeah. It depends on what they are, uh-huh. but yeah. And then um, we added a couple smaller raised beds last year, and now one of those plus Part of the other one is also designated to flowers. Yay! And I found that if you grow flowers that are really pickable, like you can pick them and put them in water, that I can just have this like rotating drinking glass. And that's usually what it is on in the middle of my table where mm-hmm. I pick out the old flowers that are spent and go out in the garden and and clip a few that are freshly bloomed and add them in. And it adds just simple color this isn't like buying flowers every week. It's just they're out in my garden and I can go pick some and there's pollen all over (laughs) the the bottom of the glass. But it's just there are those beautiful flowers in the middle of my messy table. That's so good. That's so tangible. Yeah. And it matters. I love it. And my family comments on it. And anyone who comes over will often comment on it too. And it's also fun to say, oh, yeah, I grew those. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. That's extra good. Um, and all of this, Jamie, what I am being struck by is that the, there's a purpose behind it. Mm. There's a purpose of inviting the presence of God right. into our ordinary. Right. You know, the giver of all good gifts, the creator uh-huh. of beauty. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he likes order. So um, the things that we do to help our lives function, it's, it's good. Um, so I, I just want to say, friends, as you are listening right now, wherever you are, whether you are at work or you're making a meal or you're folding laundry or you're lying down in a comfy chair, mm-hmm. like right now, the mm-hmm. presence of God is with you. Yeah. He's with you. He's with us when we are washing dishes or scribing toilets or opening the mail or doing my least favorite thing of paying bills. All of it. All of it. He's in it. He's in it when we uh, listen to music or if we watch a show. Like, there's nothing that's outside of the presence of God. Or to say, like, I'm at church, so I'm doing a Jesus thing. But when I am... helping my child, if I have a young one with their math, that has nothing to do with God. No, 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 no. Yeah. He's there whether you see it or not. We find Jesus 
in the midst of our messy um, and our magnificent, mm-hmm. our mundane. And that's really good news. That's good news. It is. And he wants us to notice. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I love about him is how much beauty matters to him. Right. I mean, he's extravagant with it, right? right? He didn't have to do sunrises like that. Now, I'm not a morning person, so I miss most of them. <laughs> but I see sunsets. Yes. And they are splendid. And they're all so unique. So I like to drink it in and, and to say thank you. Right. The other thing that John and I began practicing a number of years ago was to say, I receive this beauty into mm. my soul. Mm. And so that it will do its... It's sanctifying work. It's um, nurturing work. There's this song. I played it for you, I think, called yes. Artist. Yes, yeah. you did. It's called Artist by Laura Hackett Park. And I wanted to read you just this tiniest little part of the, of the lyrics. It's a great song. You should listen to it. Um, it says, compelled by my senses to praise... You must be an artist. Mm-hmm. I really love that. I'm compelled by my senses to praise you. I'm noticing. Um, you are the author of every expression. Come and enjoy your creation. And I love that too. God enjoys his creation. He enjoys us. And we're meant to enjoy him, to drink in his beauty, compelled by our senses to praise him. This is this is one of the key things is that God isn't just um, in our transcendent moments. Right. He is in our humanity. Yes. He's in our clay feet and on our bare feet on the cool lawn. Oh, I love bare feet on a cool lawn. Isn't that the best? In heaven, there won't be any thorns <laughs> or bees that sting you. But I was thinking about how how he created us to enjoy his creation and the simple fact that we have taste buds. Right. Um, If you're blessed to have all five senses, they are meant to enrich your experience of the creator. So sweet, salty, everything just doesn't taste like boiled chicken. Right. We're meant to savor, linger over our meals, enjoy. And the way you talked about inviting people in, um, I know that when my children were at home, we did most nights when they weren't, you know, running hither and yon, have our dinner together. But oh my goodness, it would go pretty fast. Yeah. You know? And then now, as they're older and we gather, now we linger. Right. Now there's more conversation. Or there's um, the sense of fragrance. Isn't that Mm -hmm. important to you? Mm Mm-hmm. It is. It's so important. I um, I can cook, but I generally cannot bake. Uh-huh. And my family can attest to some mishaps as, <laughs> that have occurred with me in baking. But I had a friend once, um, I was visiting her, and she said, we're going to bake bread. And I was like, okay, okay. I'll cook dinner. <laughs> you be in charge of the bread. I cannot bake. And she called me out on that oh. and said, you can do this. And I was like, my track record isn't the best. I'm just, uh, with cooking, you can just add a little bit of that yeah. or a little bit or substitute things. Yes. And that 
often works, uh-huh. but with baking, I would do the same thing. Well, I don't have that, but let's try this instead. And yeah, and it doesn't, it doesn't go so well. And you well. have to like accurately measure, mm-hmm. which I'm not, I like to eyeball it. <laughs> so anyway, my friend walked me through, like held my hand step by step through this bread recipe and, and we created a beautiful loaf of bread. Wow. I was amazed. And and so I said, can you please, can you put this in writing? Because I think now that I've been walked through it, I could replicate that. Good idea. But I need, I need directions. Yes. And so she wrote it out in an email and sent it to me. And that is what I bake when I'm bringing someone a meal. Like if someone is sick or, you know, the meal trains for surgeries or babies. Yes, I've been on the recipient end of that. <laughs> and also, you make the best chicken soup on oh, the earth. Oh, thank you. I can eyeball that. Um, but the bread, I I can't even eat it. I, my body doesn't do gluten. Um, right. And I've often been asked, like, doesn't it make you sad to bake this for other people? And the truth is, I it could, right? I could be like, uh, I'm making bread for someone else. It smells amazing. I can't eat it. But instead, one of my favorite things to do is when I pull the bread out of the oven is to stand by it for several minutes and just inhale. (laughs) And the smell doesn't make me sad that I can't have it. The smell makes me happy because it smells so good. And that's enough for me. And and you are gratitude for that. I am gratitude for the smell of freshly baked glutinous bread. (laughs) I really love that. Yes. Mm. Yes. So, you know, not to tie it all together yet, but to say, I love this. I am gratitude for that. I'm totally <laughs> going to do that. Um, is to recognize the love notes of Jesus that are scattered mm-hmm. all around us. Mm-hmm. Because that's how our ordinary is elevated. To have the eyes to see and to ask him, ask him to awaken us to notice like you're saying, you notice Pike's Peak every day. I can go, I can go weeks without noticing. So sad to say, mm. but I don't want to. Right. I want to notice. And it, I think it takes practice too. This isn't like shame related Thank for you. you not noticing. Uh-huh. It's, it's a practice. Like being grateful is a practice. And the more you do it, the more integrated it becomes in your story. But it's not like you either pass or fail. Ah, thank you. (laughs) That's very, that's very um, Christ-like right there. He's never like wagging his finger at us. Get it right right already. Come on. Notice, notice. Yeah. No, but we can ask for it. Yeah. You know, Jesus, even now we ask that you would awaken our senses, awaken our eyes, Mm -hmm. that we would behold the beauty. We would be beholders of beauty around yeah. us and then be women who figuratively or literally set a table to invite others to feast mm. on you because mm-hmm. he's in it. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yay. Do you know the book, um, Every Moment Holy? You told me about it recently, but I haven't read it. I, I recommend it. It's by Douglas Kane McKelvey. And, um, it's like liturgy, but it's prayers over over your morning coffee mm. or making a hasty meal or 
There's even one for um, when you finish reading a beloved book. <laughs> but then there's bigger ones. There's bigger ones for um, grief mm-hmm. or the passing of a pet or mm-hmm. a beloved um, liturgies for the beginning of a day. And one of the um, sentences I love and just a normal everyday one. I mean, there's, there's for folding laundry. Just It's just, it's a book every moment holy. I love that. Elevating the ordinary. And one of the things is um, even in our common haste, may our work serve as a catalyst of a deeper grace. Mm. Every moment holy. Come invade right. our present. And he loves to do that. To close today, Jamie, mm-hmm. I was wondering if you could share with our listeners a story or a moment that you have from your own life where um, the beauty of Jesus or his love mm-hmm. was revealed to you in a unique way that made you fall in love with him oh, again. Yeah. Goodness. Um First that comes to mind um, was a moment where I heard the voice of God over my life that wasn't through somebody or through a book or even through the Bible. It was him speaking to me, probably, which it wasn't the first time, but it was the first time that I recognized it as his voice over my life from him just to me. And um, I was in my early 20s, and it was my birthday. And I had just recently moved to Colorado and was kind of finding my way here, my place here. I was flat broke, not a penny mm-hmm. to my name. You know, the early 20s, oh, yes. post-college nothing. Nothing. angst. Um, but it was my birthday, and... Hikes are free. Yes. And Colorado has a plethora of Mm -hmm. beautiful places to go. So I lived very close to Ute Valley Park. So I walked to Ute Valley Park just to spend the morning. Um, I guess in a way, I don't think I probably had the words for it at the time, but consecrating my year and asking God to like fill my year, fill my day. Um, I was by myself and it was just a beautiful, clear April morning. And I sat um, on some rocks overlooking this beautiful valley. Just It was quiet and peaceful. And um, I heard his voice over my life. It was actually, I think it was the first name that he had given. Yeah, that he had given to me. And he called me his shining star, which was very dear to my heart um, because I love the night sky and I've always been enthralled with the mysteries of the solar system and the stars out there. Um, And so here I am. It wasn't quite sunrise. It was after, but like the sun was still low and rising and like he reached out to me and I heard him and he's been with me my whole life. And I had experienced him for most of my life but just to hear his words just to me that it it didn't come from anywhere else um just spoken to my heart was when I really fell in love with who he was and that he was for me and he was integral and saw me yes yes that is so beautiful yeah 
oh, may we hear his voice and how, what he calls us. He wants to. Mm -hmm. So friends, friends, drink these truths in and let your internal awareness awaken. Let my internal awareness awaken. Because of the cross, because of what Jesus has done for us, who Jesus is to you now in this moment, and who you are to him as his, his, his co-laborer, as his ambassador, as his beloved, as the dream of his heart. In the ordinary ins and outs of your lives, it's everything. And he is in everything. Hmm. I wanted to close by reading um, this verse, Galatians 2.20. It says, my old identity has been co-crucified with Messiah and no longer lives. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is mine. For the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me, dispensing his life into mine. The beauty of God fills us, fills us, and then can overflow through us because as we look at creation, as we enjoy our senses, as we see and recognize his love notes scattered so extravagantly around the world. Friend, there is nothing more beautiful than you. Mm. Let me pray for us. Oh, come, Lord Jesus, come even now. Elevate our ordinary so that in the ins and outs of our lives, we may invite you in and see you more clearly, that we may recognize the sacred in our common labor. And come to know you who labor so well and so endlessly on our behalf. Let us know you and see you more deeply and then, and then love you with more of our hearts mm-hmm. that you came to win. Because you love us beyond measure. We do love you, Jesus. We are captivated by you. Thanks for joining us today. And thank you, Jamie. Yes. So great to be with you. So good. So I'm, I'm I yeah, have, I have gratitude for this. <laughs> I am gratitude for this. <laughs> I have gratitude for this too. Yay, God. Friends, God bless you. God bless you and fill you. And may you recognize him as he romances your heart this day and every day. Because you know why? Because he is captivated by you. <laughs>